Do you ever wonder what happened to your friends from high school? I mean, you were so close. You laughed together, you cried together, you shared some of the best years of your lives together, and yet, somehow through life, you just lost touch. Now it's time to relive those moments once again. Introducing the podcast that takes you back in time to the place where it all began. This is Class Reunion. We're bringing you all the gossip, secrets, and scandals from your high school days that you won't want to miss. Join us as we catch up with old classmates and dive into the wildest stories from our high school days. From those legendary parties to the infamous cliques, we're spilling all the tea on who's who and what really went down. So grab a seat, turn your volume up, and get ready for a trip down memory lane. Class Reunion, the podcast that reunites us all. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Class Reunion. I have with me Brad Zerman today. We're going to cover one of my favorite albums, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. And we're going to get high with a little help from our friends. So that should intrigue you enough to listen to this episode. It's going to be great. Stay tuned to the end because we have some exciting information that we want to share about a contest. So let's get let's get going. But Brad, thank you so much for being on. I certainly appreciate it. Thank you for having me. So fun to be here. Thank you. We talked about, so we're going to go back a little bit just about the 70s and 80s before we get to what you're doing today. But we met at Groves and then you had, you know, an incident happen and then you ended up transferring school. So talk about uh, what happened at Groves and then how it brought you to Cranbrook for high school. Well, I all I know is that um, I played uh, JV football. And I got injured in a game like fairly early in the season. And I had to stay out of school for a month. And that was super depressing. Like, it, I can't even imagine, yeah. you know, doing that again. But it was uh, like I had to keep staying bad and my leg was elevated for a month. So it wasn't very fun because it was like blowing up like contusions and stuff. So um, I don't know. I just wasn't happy. And that like led me to Cranbrook. But, you know, it was, I was home in bed for a month. So like if I was in school, I'm sure I probably would have been uh, happier. But I don't know. I just felt like the whole thing was like ruined, like the start of school. and everything. Yeah. It, seemed, it just seemed not normal. No, I don't blame you because we talked about like comparing differences back then versus now. You didn't have anything you could log online. There wasn't any Zoom calls or anything. So you had no interaction with classmates. Right. You know, everything was written, your homework assignment. Yeah, someone like someone someone like came and dropped off this homework and stuff like that, like from the school or something like that. It was so like wow. Yeah. And you don't get any context to anything. And so I can no. see, you know, it just being so different. It's just weird because you have COVID and everybody was at school remote, but that wasn't even how it was back then. So I can right. I can see you just I mean, over. you know, it, it all worked out fine. I had I in the Birmingham school district, I was in West Maple, you know, I had great experience uh, you know, growing up in, in the Detroit area. And uh, mm -hmm. I love way back to the suburbs still. And uh, my mom lives in West Bloomfield. I was just there last week. And, you know, it's like 20 minutes from this project there. So I get to see my mom. And it's always fun to go back. And it's very relaxing yeah. and chill. Did you, so you were by the Orchard Lake area or Walnut Lake. What was the lake right by your house? Yeah, Orchard that was Walnut Lake. lake. Yeah, Walnut like Lake. And, so did Corton you and, have, yeah, Corton and. Inkster. Yeah. Did you go to the beach there or did you have a boat with your family or did you go there often? No, no. But I remember growing up like in grade school when I was at Walnut Lake and probably maybe yeah. some of Maple too. One of the guys that was in one of those pictures that we were just talking about was yes. Chris Krakowski. Yes. And 
Chris Rakowski and I were good friends and he lived on the lake and they had like this big fat pontoon boat. I remember, I mean, this is, I was really young probably back then and I don't know where he is, but we had a lot of fun at his house back in the day, but that was long, like before high school. Yeah, no, I did too. Christy Andrakovich was a friend of mine who mm-hmm. lived on the lake as well. And fun fact, I mean, we went skinny dipping all the time. So I don't know if Chris was ever outside, but <laughs> <laughs> that was our favorite thing to do was, was go skinny dipping in Orchard Lake. Yeah. I remember, I remember going to, uh, with West Bloomfield friends to like, uh, the beach, like, was it by Kigo or? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. It was like a Kigo Harbor. Yeah. A lot of people went to some beach out there too. I remember going out that way. And it was cool for me because being in Southfield, Birmingham until high school, honestly, Brad, I didn't even know we had all those lakes. Like you have your five mile radius, you know? Of, mm-hmm. of where you live. And then all of a sudden I'm meeting people out in that West Bloomfield area had no idea that was even an option to, to yeah. live on a lake there. So that was very cool. Only up North. So do you have a core memory of like music concerts or fashion that you were fond of from the seventies and eighties? Like if you think back to that time period. Well, my experience with that is a little bit different. I'm like, pretty into going to concerts. I mean, a lot less yeah. now, obviously, but I do travel to see some bands. But that kind of all started because my dad had like season tickets to Pine Knob. They added a series of alternative music. And because he was already like a subscriber, they gave him like, there was a lottery, but they like gave him some favoritism because he had other series already. And then he like hmm. let me go to all the shows and stuff. I was like turning 16. And so uh-huh. I, once I started driving, he went to some of the shows with me, but then I was able to go and take friends and he had a good connection for tickets. And then I became friends with uh, Eric Niederlander and ended oh, yeah. up uh, getting all sorts of, you know, good bonuses from, you know, that friendship. And then in Chicago, they had so many venues too. When I moved to Chicago, it, it was easy to keep seeing good shows up close. And so like, that's just how I grew up for some reason. And, you know, I'm like still want to be yeah. up close, even though I'm almost 60 years old. But I want to still like be up by the stage and, you know, that's where all the action is. No, for sure. I mean, and they're still crushing it. Like, I know there's a lot of new music out there, but our generation of music, I just went to the Doobie Brothers at Seminole Hard Rock here. Mm -hmm. I couldn't get over how amazing they were and put on another three hour, two and a half hour show. I mean, it's, it's, it's nuts. I mean, it's hard enough to stand there and watch it. It's hard enough to stand there and watch it. (laughs) No, I get exhausted as a, as a patron. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And and then and then the other thing about fashion, like I had an interesting when I was a teenager because my dad was in the fashion business. Oh, he had designer shoe stores that were called Sandalar. And one was in um, Applegate Square. So like he had to go to New York and buying trips like regularly because they were high end. And um, I would wow. go with them. You know, I would go with them sometimes to New York and see all these models and stuff and like go to shows. And and it was cool. That's very cool. Yeah, I mean, did I've he never sell heard. it or did he retire from that or, or he, how he went out of business in the nineties when a lot of retail went out of business? Yeah, I don't know the store because I was probably still buying shoes and who knows where, but not high end well, shoes. Just, yeah, I mean, you were in high school mostly when that. Yeah, when that store was open. Do you remember Roby Shoes? I think it was in Tal Twelve Mall, and they, we went to school with a Leslie Roby, who's mm. 
okay. you know, that was like a big place that everybody went to for shoes too. So very cool. I didn't know that. I mean, New York back then, that was a big deal if you went. I mean, it, it's accessible, I think, easier now. But to, mm-hmm. to do that back in the day when you're a yeah, teenager or whatever, that's incredibly it was, cool. It was super interesting, you know, because I never would have ever done that before, after that. No. Know? Talking about, you know, going back to that time period and getting to the discussion I want to go to. Tigers games. Did you go to those growing up at the old stadium? I am not a big sports person at all. And I'm not sure why. It might have been because like all the sports teams sucked in Detroit when we were growing up. (laughs) You know, like the Tigers, I think, won the summer before we went to college or something like that. Yeah, they won in 85 or 6 or something. Yeah, like 80. 84. 84, yeah. I think my dad maybe wasn't as into it as he is now. Like, he's an old guy, but he loves sports. And he, he doesn't mm-hmm. live in Detroit, but he likes Detroit sports. And, mm-hmm. and like, I just think that maybe back then he wasn't as into it because the team sucked. But I'm not really sure. Like, I'm just, like, too busy for that. And it's just, if I had, like, two sons, maybe I would have been forced into it. But I didn't. Well, I bring it up because I did go and it was more, I get what you're saying, but it was more the event of it. Mm -hmm. And in the old Tiger Stadium, there was a bleacher section. You could get tickets for like five or $10. I can't remember. And it was just where everybody hung out and they um, would blow up like beach balls and you'd Mm -hmm. throw it around and stuff like that. And they were labeled, that group was labeled bleacher creatures. You would sit there and I was young, but like, that sounds you could similar. sip people's beer. Remember Bleacher Creatures? Like, the, I think they That's made t shirts out of it too. And you would inevitably get a joint past your way. Like, everyone, even though there was security, it was just a well known thing that you would puff along the way. Mm-hmm. And I think that was my first exposure to like, you know, that freedom of just like passing it with people you didn't know, which is why I want to talk about pot smoking, because that was back in a time period where it was true. You rolled it, you knew it, it was coming from and no one ever questioned like if it was good pot or bad pot, you just you you were OK with it. Now you could never take something from a stranger because it's laced with crap and it's half of it's synthetic or whatever. And it's just such a contrast back then where you knew you could trust it. And then somewhere along the line, money and profit and being able to sell more for less changed the quality of it. And you, you could never do that. I would, I would never take it from a stranger now. That's the benefit to living in a state where it's legal. Then you don't have to worry about it. Back alley yep. transactions and the ingredients and all that. Yeah. So I made me think of it when we were talking earlier today. I was like, God, bleacher creatures were a great time of life and you can't do that anymore. So you left Michigan, finished college out of state, and then kind of talk about life in Chicago and what brought you to your, your current role, what you're doing. So just fill us in from when you left Michigan. Okay. Well, when I left Michigan, I went to school at the University of Wisconsin in Madison. And then for one of the summers, I lived in Detroit, but then the other two, I lived in Chicago. I met a lot of Chicago people there. It's only two and a half, two, two hours and 15 minutes from my house, Madison. So I, I got jobs during the summer and lived here. And then I moved here um, like a week after I graduated college. Uh, I left Detroit and like was hunting for jobs and ended up in the transaction processing business and then had an ATM company in Puerto Rico. But then in 2014, 
I applied for uh, three medical cannabis dispensary licenses in Illinois, and I won one of those licenses, and we opened up a really cool store called Seven Point in Oak Park, uh, Illinois, which is at border Chicago to the west. It, they have like a really uh, big downtown community with like a lot of stores and restaurants and bars and, you know, it's kind of, I'm not going to say it's like a Royal Oak, but it's, you know, it's one of the nicer downtown suburbs around. And so, so now that location we, that we won, we ended up selling the store to a publicly traded company and the, and now like targets across the street. So it was a really good location, but now, but now we have, we sold that store in 2019. And since then, and through COVID, the, different couple teams that I have, one in Michigan and one in Illinois, we applied for a bunch of licenses, applied to uh, for dispensary license in Royal Oak and Berkeley, and then in Illinois in uh, like 23 different regions of the state. And then we, well, 13 regions of the state, but 23 licenses. And then we also applied for grow licenses in Illinois. And so we won a couple of grow licenses. We won one dispensary license in Danville, Illinois. And then we won one in Berkeley, Michigan, which is on Woodward Avenue, just south of 12 Mile. That's an awesome location. And that was why I had the reference of, you know, get high with a little help from my friends. But mm-hmm. I want to like demystify and really open up the conversation because first of all, congratulations, because you're just a guy that's been very successful and, you know, had that entrepreneurial spirit. So so this is going to be just as successful because whatever you do, you do very, very well. So um, that's awesome, Brad. But I want to talk about it because when I saw that you were opening the dispensary in Berkeley, it's such a controversial subject. And we talked about how this was all going on during COVID. So I'm thinking to myself, I am not sure why people have an issue with it when alcohol consumption grew 36% over COVID. And then they also said even the level of consumption went beyond what a normal range from selling at a liquor store is, which meant we were not just also buying more, we were drinking more. And it's like, that didn't make 2020 any better by having more alcohol. And yet people have a an opinion on medical marijuana or just recreational marijuana. And I don't get it because it's worse to be drinking yourself to death. I mean, you know, I, I just didn't understand what that COVID time period was hard on people. It increased everyone's anxiety. And then they turned to alcohol where if they had had a dispensary option or were more open to that and took a gummy or something of that nature, it's not killing their liver. Like it's just, it's, we seem to be okay with drinking too much, but there's an opinion on dispensary. So I really wanted to have you on because I think it's, it's worth talking about the benefits, talking about the impact to an area financially and the medical community. So I kind of want to break that down because I, I think what you're doing is not only really cool, but helpful to a lot of different people. And I want to talk about the store. So you are going to be one of the first in that area in Michigan to have both medical and recreational license, correct? Yeah, I'm sure there's probably some other ones, but the medical licenses are dwindling. Uh, the people have less of them. And so the stores, uh, you know, are less medical because it's a lot of extra work 
to keep up the inventories separately for the two classes of customers. And, and so a lot of people just drop it. But Oakland County has the largest uh, number of medical uh, card holders. And so, you know, we want to try to support them. So we're going to give it a shot and bring the medical knowledge that we had from our first dispensary here in Illinois. And then, uh, you know, bring the education to Berkeley and, and also in Danville, Illinois, where it isn't a medical store in Illinois. It's going to be recreational because they don't issue any other medical stores, medical licenses in Illinois. But we still can take the same medical approach to the education and uh, educate people about sleep and pain and, you know, other conditions that this could help. Because that's part of it. It's like, okay, you get a, a license for medical marijuana, but a lot of the people are of an older age in some cases. It's either a cancer-driven patient or whatever it is who wants to do appetites, you know, increase appetite, or I don't know all of the mm -hmm. uh, reasons why people would have them. I'll, I'll defer to you. But then where do they go? I mean, so it's a script that's written. They have the ability to get it, but then the use, and it can be really intimidating. Like it's the benefits are there, but then to get to that over that hump, is difficult. And so when you say education, like, was it a one-to-one -one or, or how are you going to go about that piece? Well, in, uh, in our first venture, we did, uh, like about 10 to 12 educational events a month in the community where the dispensary was coming. And then okay. also, you know, this is back when it was medical is brand new. So yeah. you know, no one knew anything. So we are, we were really trying to help people register for the program and help them get their card in the event. So we would teach them the benefits of medical cannabis and help them get a card, which required fingerprinting in Illinois, if you could believe that. So mm -hmm. it was a lot. It was a lot. And so we help people get that done. And then now it's like 7.2.0, where we, you know, we still want to provide the excellent education, but now it's almost 10 years later from when I started the first one. And there's so much mm -hmm. technology out there that you have to look for. But, you know, we're going to be able to provide like newbies to, to cannabis. Like you turn 21 and you're going to go to your first cannabis store. You want to, you know, be able to learn something and know uh, how to get the information. And, you know, just because you ask someone who works in a store doesn't always mean that they know the right things because there's a lot of turnover in a lot of these stores that have bad cultures or they're like corporate and, right. you know, really big companies and the culture is not good. So there's a lot of turnover. And so we, we're using technology that we're, you know, tapping into bigger, but small tech companies that are focused on cannabis so that we could provide like interactive kiosks in the store that are like, you know, touchscreen monitors to where you could dig deeper on the products and see videos and pictures, uh, not just the three or four words that are on the e-commerce part of the website when you pull up on your phone to, you know, place an order before you walk into a dispensary. You're, you could do all that. You can, you know, in our stores in Michigan and Illinois, you'll be able to order at home and and figure out everything you want before you come in and then go into an express lane and not even get into the regular line. But if you want to, you know, maybe you're not the expert order, you're pro order. We have tablets that you're going to be able to use that will be just like if you were at home or whatever, just the ordering station. And then um, we're going to have, if you're like more of a newbie, uh, amateur order, 
and you just don't know what you want. And maybe you even haven't tried cannabis before or only people have given you an edible or a puff of a joint or you've never bought it before. So you don't really know what you like or want or what it's supposed to do for you. So we're going to set up these interactive devices where you can pick up basically everything in the store and touch it look at it and then set it on a tray where it's going to read all the information there is about that product. And it's going to be robust technology. So the growers and the processors that are producing it, they can give us the content and we can shove it to the consumer right at that monitor, you know, on a big 40 inch monitor or 50 inch monitor. And they can um, learn so much more than the e-commerce site of every dispensary out there that has like three words describing the product. You know, there's videos and, you know, we could, we could push anything out into the system. And then we're also going to do um, tours of cultivation and processing facilities. And we're going to play that on a film inside the store, you know, like uh, content of tours of facilities. And we're just, we're just going to bring, you know, the experience of education and cannabis yeah. to, to the shoppers and dispensary where I feel like it's not just like going to, CVS and buying a pack of gum. It's a little more than a pack of gum. And people are more curious about how that was made, where it came from, who made it, what went into it, why did they make it in the first place? And so we're going to, we're going to provide a platform for the best growers and the best producers in Michigan to, to want to be in our store so that we can, you know, it's, it's tough to find good product in Michigan because there's so much oversupply and, and inexpensive cannabis that, you know, there's better product there because there's yeah. a lot of good small growers in Michigan that is unusual. Usually the big companies dominate and that's not true in Michigan. And that's why it's so interesting. So we, we can find the smaller growers and support them, but, but yeah, they're not the cheapest, but so what we're in a good economic area on Woodward Avenue and Berkeley and Birmingham and Royal Oak and Bloomfield. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I think people will spend, you know, regular prices for cannabis if it's better. And so we need to find all those growers in the state and, and bring them into our store. And our store is set up so that they all want to be there because now we're going to uh, sell records, vinyl records in the store. And we're going to be able to, you know, let cultivators pair up strains with music and sell them as a special together and you save money on the pot and the, and the record. Which, which I love. I, I want to go back to two things though, and then go back to the, uh, you know, the cannabis and music driven retail is what you're, you're referring to. So customer experience is different. And I'm just going to talk about my experience, why I think this is the cool direction you're taking. If you're not familiar with it, and you go by what your friends tell you, oh, this is a gummy or use this vape or whatever, you're really going with limited information and following what somebody else enjoys. It might not be what you enjoy. And then you get the person behind the counter and it's great. They, they know their stuff, but you're kind of having to buy on a whim based on where they think they are directing you, you know? And if you're super new, that education piece, like you're saying, is missing. And so this is such a huge shift in customer experience on my own. Like it's my chance to not have noise from everyone else's input and make my own decision. And I just want to go back. Like when he says, it's like a cafeteria thing. So you're going to 
put empty boxes like you do at Best Buy. You know, it's, they're empty. You get them from the counter and you're going to put these boxes on and it's going to tell you and have a video and you can read everything about it. And to me, it's so personal and I'm not listening to everybody else. It's like I'm reading it for my own benefit. That's maybe mm-hmm. not what I want or I can put something else on there. So mm-hmm. that is really different because it's taking control to me. Like I feel like I can make a better decision for myself and not leave with a bunch of stuff that somebody else told me I may or may not like. Well, and a, a lot of people feel that are amateur cannabis users that they just feel uncomfortable talking about it with someone because yeah. They just feel like they don't know enough about cannabis to sound intelligent. Exactly. And, and so they're worried about that. And I have friends like that, that, you know, but, but, and I'll help people order from other, you know, other stores, websites, and I'll look at products and talk to them about what they want and I can help direct them. But it's like, if they could go into the store and do a little bit of homework and then, mm-hmm. th- then they could go mm-hmm. talk to the bartender after they know a little bit then it would be a better, I think, experience and the person will feel more comfortable having those conversations, learning a bit first. The other thing that we're going to do to kind of make it simpler for the customer is that like our sections on the wall are going to be like by the form of cannabis that it is. So, you know, it'll be all the edibles in the store, all the different brands will be there in one place and you could compare just the edibles. You know, if you're just going to... buy an edible and you don't want to see all the other stuff, you don't need to even see it. Right. Cause right. Then that screen will just be the edibles. And, and you could add, if you find something you like that you learned about, you can click add to cart and log in. And then you walk down, you know, through the store and you might say, Oh, there's a pack of joints right there. I want to get mm-hmm. a pack of joints. So that's all just the flour and the pre-rolls. And then you could log back in, check out the joints, pick one, add to cart. And then the technology in the back, you know, in our fulfillment area behind the counter is going to show all the multiple orders per person. It's going to it's going to push them all together so we could start, you know, putting the orders together. And then if we see another one come in, we it will merge in with that one. And so I love it. You know, it should be pretty good. And let's talk about so back to the customer experience and then the local growers and maybe why it it is better to push them if it's an even more expensive product. There is a great regulation between Chicago and Michigan because I did double check about the the lead. So can you walk through what they're looking for as well? Because I brought up the bleacher creatures because back then it was pot. It was just what it was. And now it's it's laced with so much stuff and fentanyl is becoming a, a big thing down in Florida with even the the cannabis. It's not even in the Xanax. It's it's everywhere. Fentanyl is everywhere. In fact, I don't know if you saw a New York daycare center that um, two of the workers just got arrested because a bunch of the kids got sick. They were oh, doing yeah, fentanyl I did see and, I did see that. and the baby died. Like, I don't understand why people have such an issue over a regulated cannabis store, but we're not angry about fentanyl being everywhere and killing everybody. It just, just, it doesn't make any sense. So walk through that. I know, I know, but walk through why it is better to be in a store and what you look for in a grower and what they test for. Well, like we were talking about Michigan. I wasn't exactly sure all the things they tested for. Yeah, I did Uh, look it up. They're the same. Yeah. They're the same. Yeah. Okay, good. So yes. yeah, in Illinois, it's like they test for heavy metals, they test for mm-hmm. pesticides, and they test for mold. 
And, you know, it's like they test a whole bunch of batches and if stuff fails, they can't sell it. So that's the best part about, you know, legalizing cannabis is that, you know, it's safe. It's going to cost more. But in Michigan, the prices are much better than in Illinois and the taxes are cheaper in Michigan than in Illinois. So, so it's mm. going to be more fun selling a better price product in Michigan and people can get more of it, you know, for the same money that they'd be paying in Illinois with like 35% taxes. It's just like double in Illinois. Mm. So, you know, but, but yeah, it's great to be able to smoke cannabis or use it whatever form you want and not have to worry about that something about it is going to make you sick or not feel well, because uh, honestly, this is my cannabis story. So in high school and junior high and college, I smoked pot. In college, I smoked a lot of pot. After college, I moved to Chicago and I smoked pot and drank. But I found that most of the time when I would smoke pot or I'd buy a little or someone would give me some, I would get like sinus infections and bronchitis. I was prone to that. So pot made me sick basically when I you know, moved to Chicago and I drank for 25 years. I didn't start uh, smoking until, until the cannabis became legal in Illinois. And, and then interesting. Have, yeah. And then, then, then I tried it again and it didn't make me sick, but it just made me feel better. You know, it just made me feel better. So, so you think it just had a bunch of extra stuff in it that. Yeah. Yes. By hour, just after a long time. And he's like, yeah, there's a lot of mold in street pot. I'm like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. why didn't I think of that? Cause I, I used to get allergy shots when I was a little kid and mold was one of the things. So, so mm -hmm. of course mm -hmm. it makes sense, but, but that's like, that's why you want to buy it in a legal place where it's safe. Exactly. Yes. You know, and it's got a label on it and it's lab tested and it's got the results of the testing on it. And, right. and that's how I feel like, you know, most people that I talk to, they want to buy organic products and like they want to get good meat and they want to be vegetarians because they're all health conscious. And then some of those same people go to the CBD shop, you know, where they're selling the hemp mm -hmm. and it's completely unregulated. The products could be unsafe from China. And no one would ever know because it's just not regulated. And, and most of it's too strong, stronger than the low dose THC that it's supposed to legally have. So, you know, that's the other side of it is that if that industry could just get regulated state by state or federally, then, yeah. then those products would be safer too. And you'll know what you're getting. I, I, there's no regulation down here in Florida and those CBD shops are everywhere. And, you know, I just always find it crazy that they're very we strong are not in a state. They're very strong. And I agree with you. Everyone like is healthy in one direction, but then, you know, yeah. not when it comes to just, and the other thing too, I wanted to mention is, you know, typical cannabis users are not people that are out at happy hour and wanting to get loaded behind the wheel and drive home. Yeah. It's like a social experience where yeah. you're at home and you want to chill out and relax. It's not meant to be happy hour per se. You know what I mean? And I think there's also that where people are like, oh, it's so bad for you. Well, I'm in my house. I'm not behind the wheel doing right. two for one cocktails in some Florida bar and thinking that's better on my liver. Like, you know what I mean? I mean, everything's a choice. I don't, I don't think alcohol is necessarily bad, well, but overconsumption is bad. Pots never kill. Yeah. You know, I, I just, I find it interesting and I think it's just not knowing everything. And that's why you need the education. That's why you need the education. Yeah. I love that. And I think that's when you say what you're going to do for the area, it's that you're going to help people with the medical cards 
You're going to have the education. And then let's go back to the fun because I want to also make this fun as well because this is the best part of your store. So back to that consumer experience. And we talked about the screens you're going to have. But you're also doing this very cool pairing. It's like wine pairing to me where you're going to have a suggested vinyl or that they can buy that matches that cannabis experience. So walk through that whole retail experience of cannabis and music driven retail, because that is very cool. Well, I, I mean, yeah, they're like, first of all, I see that. Vinyl's happen. back, baby. Come on. Vinyl's back. The It's in my investment deck. It says since, since what, the 1980s? The 1986 is the last time it had a large billion uh, dollars. sales a and billion. now it was a billion billion dollars in 2021. Yeah, it's been like yeah. 15 years since it was a billion dollars. Yes. Like years or something like that. Yeah, it's it's super cool and you know, we're we're only going to sell new release vinyl. So it's not going to be like a bunch of used records cuz we don't have room for that. But that'll that'll let us like collaborate with with record stores that we hope to be collaborative and be able to, you know, set up something so that we could do record exchanges. And um, like in Illinois, we have that set up already the, with a space next door, but in Berkeley, we will figure that out so that we could, we could do cool stuff. But regarding the pairings and stuff, the way I've been explaining to growers in Michigan and Illinois about how we're going to operate is that let's say we're open in April before 420, you know, January, I'm going to come knocking on the doors of a bunch of growers that I've met between now and then and, and say, you know, what, what do you have growing right now? That's going to be available for harvest in like March. And so we could ship it and to our stores and, and then we're going to look online where we're going to buy all the music from and we'll see what new releases are coming out. And then we'll be able to go back to the growers and say, you know, there's a Pearl Jam record there's a u2 record there's um you know whatever elton john and right uh drake and like we're gonna be able to say in two months these are what's coming out mm -hmm. and you guys go talk about the strain and like do you want to do a special like we want to when the new album comes out we want to do a special with your product and pick an album that you want it to be the special with. And then when we bring it in the store, we can be showing the film and the footage of a tour from their cultivation facility. And then they can look at all the products online in the store and then they can, you know, try it. They could buy the weed special on its own. If they don't want the record, they could buy the record. If they don't want the weed, they could buy them both and they're going to save money on both things. But that's just, that's what's going to happen. I think it's so fun. And like Jimmy Buffett just passed away, but he actually had an album set to release. So, you know, his daughter, I think, posted that it's going to be coming out soon. Can you imagine anything better? I mean, that's going to be fantastic if, well, that, if that's, that's a the choice. Thing. That's the thing that we're not open yet in either store and they're both going to open around the same time. So uh -huh. it's, really, it's cool. It'll be kind of easier that we could order things the same. Like the yeah. record part, not the weed, but the record part. And so I see some records coming out and I'm like, I need to get my account open with the record company now because I want to start buying some of these records now because they may not be available for sale, like new if they sell out or whatever in six months yeah. when we open. But uh, we yeah. could feature Motown kind of stuff. We're five miles away from probably the Motown venue, you know, the, the museum, the museum. And I, so what I was I, thinking, I was like, that's a great partnership right there. And, and we don't have to partner. We could just 
find our own stuff and buy it and carry it and do that. But yeah, if someone wants to, then, you know, we're, we're, we're waiting for that, that we hope that will happen sometime. And right now we're going to be providing the best cannabis in the state through this dispensary in Berkeley and, and the best new music. So you had your groundbreaking ceremony and I want to end with something that's super exciting. So thank you, Brad, for your, for your time. And I hope anybody who was listening to this, like gets it, like it, it, you know, Brad's doing a great job of explaining why it's important to be in a, in a dispensary that's regulated and your options. And this is one of the first, it's going to be much more consumer focused, which I think is awesome. But you did a groundbreaking ceremony and you mentioned a very cool contest where mm. you're seeking somebody to, you know, win the contest to name the store. So talk about that and how they can enter and, and what they're going to win. So this is a great way to end the the episode yeah. because it's going to be epic, totally epic. And we haven't announced this anywhere yet. So we're really going to announce it here because I totally forgot to announce it at the groundbreaking because there was other stuff going on. Yeah. So we'll announce it here. So if you go to name this dispensary.com, whenever uh-huh. it will be a landing page on our website. And now it's an official legal contest for the state of Michigan. Okay. You have to be 21 years or older. You have to be a resident of the state of Michigan to apply. But basically we have it set up where you could suggest up to 10 names on this page for our store. So we're offering the naming rights to the store, to the public in the form of a contest. If we don't like any of the names, we don't have to use it, but we are going to pick a winner. The prizes for the winner is one pound of dried cannabis flour dispensed over the period of 12 months available at the location after we open two mm-hmm. one gram vapes per month and two packs of edibles per month like whatever we have in the store you could you could take gang gang and then, yep and then 250 dollars in accessories like the day we open you could do that it's a really nice easy form to fill out and uh you can check a box and be connected to our loyalty program right away when we open and then we'll be able to email you updates like when the store is going to open and so you'll know first and so we're encouraging people to suggest names because our company is called Seven Point. That was the name of the original dispensary in Oak Park, Illinois. We still retain that name all this time. So we're going to reopen under that name in Danville. But in Michigan, a grower opened up under the name Seven Points Supply in Western mm-hmm. Michigan. And I went and met with them and... We were not able to work out a deal where I could use the name Seven Point because he's already operational using it. He mm-hmm. he gets the name. So we figured let's go to the public and find a new name that's fun and cool. And we hope that we use one that someone picked. Well, Brad, I thank you because you've educated me. I'm excited for the success in both locations with a with a little bias to the Berkeley. So shout out to to Illinois, but I can't wait for for Berkeley to open up as well and, and possibly see you there. But great catching up with you. Like I'm so glad I found this because yeah. the timing of you know all the stuff that's going on that's kind of wrong. This is something mm-hmm. that's right and and. I just wanted people to understand the difference and and promote that. So I love your time tonight. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And you're going to be very, very successful. And I look forward to maybe doing a follow-up on how it is and and what you've been able to do. Thanks, Leanne, for tracking me down. (laughs) Thanks, Brad. Have a good night, okay? All right, friends. That's it for this episode of Class Reunion Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show, write us a review and share this podcast with a friend. Until next time.